team, family, squadron. Here we are with rookie sensation. Believed he could fly and did it. Golden Door rookie Brannett Gill joins us on the pad today. Can't wait to take a deep dive to see what it took to get one of the only and first rookie Golden Doors done ever. Can't wait. Can't wait. Can't yep, wait. Yep. Yep. But as for right now, welcome out to yet another episode of the landing pad. Brandy Gill, welcome to the landing pad, my guy. Thanks, man. You it's made it. Here. You yeah. made it. Made it. You are the let's see you were only with the grit when did you actually join the grit what was the date is it april or was it may it was like april 13th okay so mid-april so you've been a grit rep a grit man now for like eight months and here you are at the in the landing pad you made it bro made it yeah feels good (laughs) dude so you are from where are you from originally north ogden and how old are you born and raised so i'm 21 be 22 in december okay and what have you been doing for the last three graduate high school when you were 17 18 what have you been graduated 2020 so in high school i was just working a bunch of like fast food restaurants whatever and i worked uh honda actually when i graduated for like a year selling cars or what a lot tech tech. cleaning them yeah yeah no sales nothing and then I went and worked with my dad. So we transported cars for two years. Super fun. Like rich guys and stuff. Yeah. Bugattis, McLarens. It was fun. No then, sales. Uh, nope. No sales. Never never wanted to do it. My friends last summer brought it up and I was like, no way, dude. Like it's a scam. Screw that. <laughs> yep. Yep. And then, uh, yeah, just this year I ended up deciding to do it like a month before the summer. So I signed with Hawks last minute. Didn't have any trainings or anything. And then I got... Jack actually signed with me, Jack Fischetti, uh-huh. two weeks before. So we just came out super last minute. And and, and we'll unpack that. So for all those that need to know who Brandon Gill is, so there before this summer there was one rookie Golden Door, and that was Corbin Hansen. He did yeah. 650K as a rookie when he was uh, 17 years old. Uh, and then this year at the Grit, we now have two. We had Jacob Griffiths, who podcast dropped a couple weeks ago. And then Brandon Gill came out of left field. A little background on Granick. Uh, Brannick, like we said, he signed at Hawks. Dude, maybe you were at, you signed, you said a month before, you shipped yeah. out to Florida. Florida. Yep. Dude, I want to hear, how long were you in Florida for? <laughs> so it was, it was kind of crazy. I was in Florida for maybe a week. We went out, we left April 1st from Utah to Florida. We didn't even have like an address. We didn't even know where we were going. We yeah. just said, you're going to Florida. So we just started navigating to Florida. <laughs> and like 10 hours into the drive, it's like, here's your Airbnb. So then we got there. We were there for a week. I think I sold like three knocking days. No iPad. I was just walking around on my phone, bageling. How'd you do, how'd you do in those three days? No, I didn't get any deals. No, zero. Awful. I had no <laughs> idea what I was even doing. I was just like walking around like, dude, what is this? Am I really going to be here like the whole summer? Like, yeah. this better get better. Next thing you know, yeah. <laughs> you get a call from Parker and Skyler. Yeah. So, right, the the, the backstory there, right, went out with Hawks. Uh, we were working with your manager. We ended up uh, switching the team, right, right around that time. And you guys switched from Florida, yeah. drove straight up to good old Kentucky. Yep. 
dude, walk walk me through that mindset. Like, were you excited? Had you heard of the grid at this point? No, nothing. I hadn't. I literally knew nothing about door to door when I signed. I hadn't looked into it at all, so I didn't know about any of the other companies or anything really. So we switched. It was kind of crazy. They just told us it was like a training call. We got on. It's like Parker and Skyler. We've never seen before. Like, who are these guys? And then they just tried to make it sound like it was a market change, pretty much. And I kind of figured out, like, halfway through, I was like, we're, like, switching companies. So I asked him, like, we're switching companies, are we? He's like, oh, yeah. Actually, uh, Cutler's switching, so you guys are all coming over here. Just super <laughs> chill. And I was like, okay. Our girlfriends were pissed. Because we're in Florida, like, three minutes from the beach. Yeah. And they're like, oh, yeah, we're going out to Louisville, Kentucky. Louisville. Yeah. yeah. They were pissed. Funny. Hopped in the car, drove yeah. up. Drove the up. The rest is history. Yeah. When we got, actually, when we were, like, an hour away, so Aptive called. Like directly, yeah. They tried to just throw a bunch of sign-on bonuses and stuff, right? Like, come work those, over here. Those dirty dogs. Yeah. <laughs> almost, silly, silly. Almost ended up last second at Aptive. We ended up at like a White Castle parking lot. Like mm. Three hours on the phone with Aptive. Well, we were like an hour from Louisville. Yeah. We got here, and yeah, rest is history, man. I didn't know anything about the grit till I got here, dude. I and, and that that's where the story starts. And um, Brannick, and we'll we'll break it down. But Brannick, you got a Golden Door your rookie year. Right, that is something, like I said, I've already previously said, almost nobody has ever done it. Yeah. Dude, I would love to hear, for all the other rookies out there, Did you didn't even have a goal of, you didn't even know what a Golden Door was when you were going out there. You had no idea how good you would be. You like, Yeah. When did it like click with you that you're like, whoa, I'm actually pretty damn good at this. Like, I could be yeah. great. Yeah, I definitely didn't think right away, for sure. I had heard what a golden door was just because the guy that recruited us sold a thousand accounts. And cool. I was just like, dude, that's insane. Like a thousand accounts. That's crazy. So he had told us pretty much to expect like a hundred, pretty average, sell a hundred accounts. So I was thinking if I could do 200 K, I was like, what I was thinking when I came out in the summer for Hawks, I was like, dude, 200 K would be sweet. Be more than the average rookie. Like that'd be awesome. Make yeah. good money. Way more than I would a regular job. Right. So that'd be sweet. Make 50 grand or something. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, first week. So I bought a calendar when I came out for the grit. And I just marked every day, like, the number of accounts, number of revenue I sold, which apparently is like a Bennett Heron thing. Yeah, yeah. Which I didn't know that. Yeah. So I was writing it down every day. A lot of bagel days at the start, for sure. In my first two weeks, I think I had, like, seven or eight bagel days. And um, just started marking it off every day. But then after that, my third week into the summer, I had, like, an 11-day. And then on that day, I was just like... It was insane. At the end of the day, I checked, and I was number one in the company on the leaderboard. I just see, like, Zach Seeger number two, and then my name number one. I was like, holy crap. Like, Yeah. It was just crazy. So and then on that day, I kind of knew, like, obviously I'm not as good as these guys, but I have, like, the talent like I could be if I work hard. So I just, from that day on, knew if I worked really hard, I could do a lot more. So then I changed my goal to 400K. I was like, I could max out the pay scale. That became my goal. Sick. Yeah. And then to that, dude, I love that so many people, whether it's Corbin or Jacob Griffiths, they just think that the that the rookies that do it are just God's gift to sales. Yeah, no. Right? Like they think <laughs> that, oh, a rookie got a golden door. This guy must have a silver tongue. Yeah. Right. But it's so cool to hear in your first two, three weeks, like seven, eight bagel days. Totally. Like that's insane. Yeah. Oh, dude, Britt, walk us through the eleven, like the eleven day. What? What was that? Just you just felt like you got lucky. Did you feel like the stars aligned or what? what? Yeah, it's crazy. It was one of those. Uh, that was when I learned about the bandwagon. I mm. guess and learned the mm. bandwagon fifth wonder of the world. <laughs> yeah. I just uh, it was one of those things. Like the week before, nothing great. It was like the last week of April. I did like eight k or something. It was whatever. 
In the two weeks in April, I think I did like 17K combined. And then that first week, big old Monday, Tuesday I got two deals, and then that Wednesday I got 11 deals. And I was just like, that's more than I did all of last week. Just happened in one day, I was in some townhomes, just started getting the bandwagon hot and just ripped them. Sure great. thing. Sure yeah. walls, sure bugs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly. Sure thing, sure exactly. thing. So I love it. So you're bageling. You've moved from Florida to Louisville. Yeah. Well, you're no longer three minutes from the beach. Yeah, no. You're still bageling when you come over. Yep. What's going through your head? I was pretty stressed out by the time I came out. So when I came out, I really... <laughs> and your girlfriend was pissed. <laughs> oh, she was pissed. I didn't... And I mean, to her credit, she's amazing. Like, she, yeah. was, she was never out there complaining, making it hard. I mean, she was great. Yeah. But obviously, you know... Oh no! I no, change of scenery. Understandable. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not looking very good. clear water to the yeah. desert of Louisville. At this point, I had basically come out with no money. I'd quit my job working with my dad. That was a great job. I left with literally no money. Like by the time I got out to Louisville, I was like negative fifteen hundred dollars in my account. It was like I was down like a thousand bucks, and then I applied for a credit card to go buy a Segway. It was like another $800. So I was down like two grand basically by the time I got out. And she had quit her job to move out there with me. So I'm out here with no money, making no money. It didn't look very good. So I just knew I, you know, put myself in the position that I have to work hard and show that she made the right choice to take the chance on me, move out with me for the summer. So that was definitely a huge motivating factor like the whole summer, having her there with me and then my boys too. My two friends came out with me. Jack was my roommate all summer. So we pushed each other really hard every day. Both sold a lot. So what does that look like? I, I think the whole back against the wall, that has been a common thread of the podcast that we've done recently. Yeah. What does that look and feel like day to day throughout the summer? What does that feel like, that desperation on the doors? What does it feel like in your morning routine? What does it feel like in how you approach your meetings? <clears throat> yeah. I would say for me, it was definitely just knowing, yeah, like when I came out, I was like, if I'm ever going to do this, I need to do it now because I'm 21. So if I'm going to come home at the end of a summer, be broken and dead or whatever, like this is the time to do it. So I'm at least going to go try. And then when I got out there, it was just like following through on that, right? Like just being committed. I already came out here. So if I go home now, I probably just blew, you know, two or three grand to come out here for no reason. So I might as well just stay, do the best that I can. Even if I don't make any money, it'll probably be a good experience. So I was just kind of my mindset on it the whole time was just do the best that I could make the best out of it that I could. And when it started going really well, I just started adjusting. Like maybe I can do more than 200K. I can do 400K. And then May hit, I had like two weeks in a row where I did like 30K. And I started looking at it, talking to some of the other guys on the team that were trying to golden door. And I was like, dude, I can golden door. Like if I really wanted to, I can do way more than 400K. So just constantly adjusting, not being like satisfied, especially once you're already out there and you made the commitment, like you might as well give it everything you have. Dude, I want to hear right. You're, you at, you got out there uh, with Brock, yeah. right? And I know Brock, dude. That guy would just sings your praises all day long. Dude, talk to me about working in an office with with Brock. Him gunning for one point three. Yeah. You making the adjustment in May, more or less. When did you decide that you wanted to do a Golden Door? Or that you not wanted to. That you were going to do a Golden Door. I was when I really kind of decided I was for sure going to do it. Would have been more towards the end of the summer for sure. Oh, when really? Was, yeah, when I was like, I'm not going home without this was probably right before the rumble hit. Really? So yeah. end of July, beginning yeah. of August. Yeah. So yeah, then walk me through what it's like being in Brock Greaves' office, 
him shooting for 1.3. You've got Nate Van Dyke hitting Golden Door, yeah. Brock hitting two, you hitting one, Colton Remond crushing it, Wyatt yeah. Perry. Walk me through kind of the, the, the dynamics of that office. Oh, it was incredible, man. I mean, like I said, I didn't know anything about door-to-door at all, the grit, any of these guys I was going out with. So we were just sent out there blindly. I could have ended up with anyone. The fact that I ended up on Brock Reeves' team out in the – genuinely believe that's the best place I could have ended up this whole summer. It was incredible for me just the mentality that he brought every single day into all the trainings. He's just dialed. I mean, dude, 1.3 million, like, that's insane. What are we talking about? The fact, like, I feel like I worked so hard this summer and grinded for so long. I was there for, like, six and a half months, and he doubled that. Like, that's insane. What What do you feel like Brock Greaves, like, best quality was as a, as a leader slash manager? That's honestly a hard one to answer. I think... He has a lot of really good qualities just as a leader where he never makes excuses. He gets it done no matter what, and he would just bring that mentality every day. Like, I know there's plenty of days you know he's up to, like, 2 a.m., cutting area, dealing with all kinds of crap. He's still showing up early to the meeting every day, like, prepared to give a dialed training. Like, he doesn't just show up. All the guys show up. It's like, all right, guys, here, we're going to go over some switchovers. He's, like, dialed on top of it every single day, getting everyone ready to go out and sell a lot. And and that's a crazy thing, Easton. I'd love – I mean, you can expand on this. I love doing the recruiting meetings when people are like, so what does your guys' morning meeting look like? And every single vet switchover that I have, I say, yeah, no, we actually prepare our trainings. Yeah. They're like this. They're not so much with your manager just getting up there, sitting on the table in front of everybody and saying, <coughs> yeah. flip the chair backwards. <laughs> Sit with your arms folded on top of it. What kind of questions? What did we hear yesterday? <laughs> what are we What are we hearing what, out there? What are we hearing out there? What What did we run into yesterday, guys? Right, like, and that is so different because, right, Brandon, you haven't because you are a rookie. Which, like I said, we don't sit down with a lot of rookies, so you yeah. haven't seen like a bad manager. And, and your time in Florida, I know Cutler wasn't even out there yet. You guys were just yeah. a bunch of just dogs out there, just. No structure. <laughs> Running yeah. wild. So it's like you didn't really have a bad manager because you didn't. Barking. <laughs> yeah. These guys just barking. <laughs> Not selling, but barking. Yeah. But, dude, I, I, I love that you're like, no, dude, his trainings were dialed. And it is true. Dude, they are staying up late cutting area. They're staying up late dealing with tech bull crap. They're yeah. staying up late taking care of their wives, like doing their things. But then he still gets to that 10 a.m. or that 11 a.m. meeting. And it's like the training is still locked it's dialed it's it and it's great and i think that that gets looked over too much especially because we're so used to trainings being so good here yeah. in the morning where every vet that's listening to this not with the grit i guarantee they all started busting up as soon as you were talking that's because right everybody hey today we're gonna play some sting pong to wake up and then uh, that's right <laughs> but like you don't get you know you you yeah. didn't experience that yeah. but Brandon, i i want to get into this now so a lot of people know that you hit the golden door a lot of people all of our listeners don't know when what yeah. was the date that you hit your golden door? 27th of October. Of, of October. October. Yeah. October. So not August, <laughs> not September, <laughs> October. Mm-hmm. So you were, you finished four days before Halloween. Yeah. And it was, yeah. Dude, I, I, we, that could be a whole podcast in and of itself, breaking that down. Dude, talk to us through the mentality. What, what, what? Everyone's going home end of August. Some people, the grit still had, you know, 10, 20 people out there through the most of September. Dude, walk me through your mentality in October. How did you do it? Be brutally honest, it was not <laughs> it's not a sexy thing at all. For me personally, it was probably like one of the lowest, like hardest times of my life, just at the end of the summer, trying to get it all done, which is 
seems backwards. Like when you get closer to the end of the goal is when it's supposed to get easier. You're supposed to get more motivated. For me, it was really hard just being out there alone. I've always been a person that draws a lot of energy from the people I surround myself with, especially when, I mean, every morning I was counting on having Brock there to energize me and train me for two hours before I went out, right? Or I was counting on meeting up with all my friends before we go out and holding out each other accountable. Dude, how many are you going to do today? Or like, let's go get it done today, right? Then when you're just waking up yourself every day, no meeting, nothing. Just to get out there with the same level of energy was hard for me personally. So the end of it got pretty tough. But just to be able to stay dialed and learn to draw energy from the people that are still supporting you remotely. And I would have guys text me all the time. I mean, my girlfriend, incredible, always showing me tons of support. My parents, tons of support. Brock, Skyler, I would have like Gavin Atkinson calling me, texting me every day while I'm out finishing. Like, dude, you're so good at this job. You got like, you're so close. You can do this. Or I'm out with Zach Rose. He's finishing up. And it's just, you just learn to like take that energy from the people that are out there doing it with you. My question, because that's insane. That's insane. <laughs> that was, I think that was so wise, so well put. To your point earlier, no money at the beginning of the summer. Yeah. By the time August had rolled around, I would venture to say it's probably more money than you'd ever had in your life. Oh, totally. So my question is, like, it's a job at the end of the day. This is like, you don't, it's not a charity, like, you don't knock for fun. Yeah. So my question is, like, dude, your job that you do because that's what pays you money to put food on your table, you already had more money than you could have ever expected or wanted from it. Why keep going? The money really was not at all in my mind at all for the last two months of the summer. After the rumble ended, I don't think there was ever a day after that where I went out and I thought about how much money I made that day. Like, truly, I never did. The beginning of the summer, I was thinking about it all the time. Like, every deal I would get, it's like, oh, what's my commission on that? Or like, oh, this day I made this much. This week I made this much this month. Calculator on the way home. (laughs) Vintage first month rookie year. It's like, okay, well, if, if I get this many people to cancel, I probably made this much this month. And it's just, at the end of it, I wasn't thinking about that at all. It just didn't matter. Like, I wasn't out there because I had already made such good money that it was like, that really wasn't enough to motivate me to stay out the other month, which is dumb. It's an incredible opportunity to have to make that kind of money. But it wasn't enough. I wouldn't have stayed out another two months just for the money. It was just the impact. I'd be out there listening to the landing pad every day of all these guys that I look up to. Just, there's no way when you can be around that many great people that you want to just be good. And that's something that Brock Reeve would say all the time is that good is the enemy of great. So once I was out there and I had a really good summer, I would just think about that all the time. I don't want to be the guy that just comes out and has like a good summer. Like it could be great. Like I knew I had the opportunity to have a really good summer. And if, if I just did that, it wouldn't be enough basically. And I remember, dude, I remember when we were, end of August, maybe mid-September, me and John and Ben were sitting there, we're like, how many golden doors are we actually going to have? And we look over like like 26. And like, there were maybe three more that were like within striking distance of like 50K. But then there were the seven, mind you, there were seven that I was like, what are they going to do? Stay out till the end of October? Like, like at that point, I really, I think it was like September 5th, you would have probably been at like 400K. Yeah. Like, where were you at the end I of hit, August? So I hit 400K, I want to say, like, two days before the Rumble. It <laughs> yeah. was actually the last two months of my summer were really slow. So it took me, like, 150K. Or the last 150K, excuse me, took me, like, two months. Yeah. And it's like, dude, 150K. Like, a lot of people are like, oh, dude, he's... But that's the thing. Dude, Brannick's already at 450. Like, he's only 200K off. I'm like, 
200 K. That was his original goal, ladies what? and gents. <laughs> and I'm like, and I'm like, you're telling me like, and I, it's not that I doubted because like everyone, I didn't know you, right. but so many is like, oh, Brandon's going to do it. I'm like, dude, he's only at 450 K and it's September 1st. Totally. Like he needs 200 K more. And look where we are. Yeah. Right. Look, have you always been a person that has wanted to be great? No. No. Well, wanted to be, I mean, sure. But, I would say yeah. I've never done anything really hard until this summer, though. It's I've never, I mean, I didn't go on, like, a mission or go do high school sports or, like, go to college or, I don't know, never done anything super hard that I've been, like, really proud of that I could stand on for the summer. Be like, of course I can do it because I've already done this. Like, I didn't have anything like that. So coming out this summer, it was just being able to, like, prove to myself, like, I can do this. Especially it's, like, I'm 21, about to be 22. I feel like I'm at the point now where it's, like, you have to grow up. Can't just be a kid anymore. So I need to learn how to do these hard things. And that was honestly the most beneficial part of the summer for me personally. Just being around, meeting all those guys, being around Brock, like that guy's hard as nails. Even if you're just in the same room as him, like he's going to rub off on you a little bit. Yeah. Dude, but where does that, like, why, I guess, like you said, like you didn't do high school sports. You didn't go on a mission to do something hard. Dude, then like, where did this come from? So many rookies that have done hard things yeah. have never done it. Literally 99.9999999% have never done it. Yeah. Like, why? Why did you decide to be great? Why did yeah. you decide to stick it out all the way till October? I mean, I really would say just because of my support system. Just all the people I had around me. My dad has always been a huge role model of mine. Big entrepreneur like his whole life. He's always been really successful and he's always had like hard times that he's been able to get through. So I just knew if I was coming out this summer, I knew what my dad would do this summer <laughs> if he came out. So I was like, I'm not going to let my dad down. You know, I'm his son. I know that I have it in me because of what he's done. And also just having these people that I can't let down. Like my girlfriend came out with me this summer, been together for five and a half years. She quit her job, traveled across the country with me like twice so that I could do this. So I have to do a good job. <laughs> That's kind of where it came from for me. Love that. Dude. Yeah. It's back to Adam Heron's point. <clears throat> when people get desperate, like true desperation, negative 2000 in the account, beaches to Kentucky, <laughs> who knows if my dollar general, like <laughs> my point is like desperation elicits some really, really crazy things out of people. And I think this example is sounding more and more like yeah. the most heroic act of desperation. Yeah. Because to his point, it wasn't money. It really wasn't even about like a whole lot of other things other than like, I'm showing up for the people that I came for. Yeah. Which is crazy. For yeah. which for a, you usually hear that from dads guy, of four. Yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> dads of four or like guys who have like bled for the company and been here for four, five, six, seven years. That's the kind of talk that you hear from senior senior people, not yeah. someone who's been signed. You got your sign on t shirt like seven months ago, dude. I just barely got this. I just barely got this. <laughs> That's, what, that's to my point exactly. <laughs> what do you think? What element, whether it's company or leadership or all of it, like what allowed you to buy in so deep, so fast? I mean, it's gonna sound dumb because I feel like I'm just kind of repeating myself, but I don't think there was anything really that special about me where it was like I just showed up and was able to do it. Um, I mean, obviously. It, there's some level of like personal accountability. There's plenty of guys that came out to go sell with Brock Reeve this summer that went home or didn't have, didn't hit what they were trying to hit, right? But 
I don't think I would have been able to do it if I didn't first have the opportunity and the surroundings, the people around me. Like really just looking up to that, having that level of greatness. Like you always say, all ships rise, rise with the tide. Mm-hmm. That's really all that it came it. down to for me, yeah. And and this is kind of what we'd love to end on, right? Because the amount of rookies that are going to be listening to this, like they're like Jacob Griffiths, I'm sure was the most listened to by rookies. I'm sure that this will be right there as well. Um, dude, every rookie that wants to go out, you did zero training. You shipped out. You were struggled your first two weeks like every other rookie. Dude, what advice, if you could go back in time and have more time to prepare, or whatever, what would you have done differently if you could go back in time knowing what you know now? Um... Honestly, pre-summer, I mean, I'm sure it would have been really beneficial for me to do some training. <laughs> to I'm know sure, the pitch. I'm sure it would have been great. That's a good I'm place sure to start. It probably would have been. Um, at the end of the day, I don't feel like it would have changed much for me, though, just because once you're out there and once, like they say, the rubber hits the road, right, It just it's totally different. It really is way different. I don't think there's any, like, preparation I could have done preseason that would have just been like, okay, now I'm ready to just go Golden Door. There was a lot of adjustments along the way. So that's not to, like, say that you shouldn't go out and train before the summer. Obviously, that's important. Yeah. But I think just being committed, that was the biggest thing for me. Because when I went out in the summer, I was never thinking, I'm going to go try this and see how it goes. Like, I never had that thought. It's like, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do it. And I'm going to mm. go out there for the whole summer no matter what. I think, Brent, I think yeah. that – point illustrates something that gets it does not get talked about as much as it should the magic the real magic the sauce what we talk about the people the culture that happens in the summer yeah yeah like that happens in market like the effect and the culture and the rubbing off whether it was brock or nate or any of the leadership that happens in market every day totally slowly yeah. Day over day, over week, over month, over yeah. competition, over competition, over car group, over car group. Like it happens in the summer. Yeah. And so I think so many people will, will, will either like boast of a training model or this or that system pre-summer. It's like, dude, I'm an amazing range player. What are we talking about? Yeah. Like it, yeah. It doesn't matter what happens beforehand. And so my point is, and to Brannick's point, if you're not getting what you need during the summer, during the summer with the hands-on, whether it's leading from the front, whether it's working on your pitch, if you're not getting that during the summer, but you get a ton of it pre-summer and post-summer, you're just quite frankly never going to get to that next step. Mm-hmm. So, Brannick, I've been so impressed. I've been like so, so, so like humbled yeah. by, by the rookie class this year specifically Griff and Brannick and all the other rookies that, that absolutely exceeded expectations. I've been blown away. So thanks for taking the time to come. Yeah. 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 And ending on this, dude, ending on this, um, well, we asked all our golden door reps and we're going to ask you the same thing, right? What does grit mean to you? Not the company, but the word yeah. grit. Um, yeah, no, it's a good one. I think for me, grit is just closing that gap between between your performance, your potential. Like John Taylor talked about that at the beginning of the summer when he came out. That was something that really stuck with me. That and then how Brock would always say being good is the enemy of great. To me, grit is the difference between those two. When you can go out and have a good summer, that's awesome. A lot of people can do that. It's a hard thing to do. You should be proud of yourself for doing that. 
I think true grit is the difference between staying out and making it a great summer and really pushing and outworking to make the difference to be great instead of just being good. To me, mm. that's that's grit. Grit is between good and great. I love grit it. Grit is what it takes. Yeah, whatever. To that, close that the great. gap. <laughs> close the, closing the gap with Brandon Gill. Jeez. Thanks for coming out. Yeah, Brandon. Love it. As for this episode of The Landing Pad, we out.